This is the When Life Happens podcast, the real podcast all about helping real people overcome real life issues successfully. And since life never stops, let's get after it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I'm your host, William Jackson, and I am so excited. You know why? Because we have another opportunity to live, learn, and grow together. I believe when we do things in community, things happen in a special way. No person is an island unto themselves. We need each other. I think that our relationships are a foundational element to determine how quickly we get to purpose or how long it takes for us to discover why we were created and placed on the earth. The people who you are connected to have the power to either push you towards purpose or pull you from it. The people who you are connected to have the power to change your life. And today, oh, on today, We got somebody in studio that has changed my life. I know you've heard me mention her over several podcasts, but today for the very first time, the very first guest on the When Life Happens podcast just so happens to be the most beautiful woman in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, my wife, my better half, the finest thing walking out. Y'all make some noise for my wife. Come on, make some noise. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Stephanie Jackson is in the studio today. What's up, baby? Hello. Wow. That was an amazing intro. Did I set you up? Did I set you up right? You set me up. I'm blushing. My face hurts so bad right now. There you go. There you go. That's how it's supposed to be. Listen, fellas, take note. If you introduce your wife to anybody, Mm. that's how you need to do it. Her cheeks need to be hurting from (laughs) smiling. I don't care if you're introducing her to the mailman, right? Well, you shouldn't be introducing her to the mailman (laughs) because we don't even know. Super weird. That's super weird. Kind of went left. But we're here. We're here, man. We are here. And we are going to talk about some great stuff today. What were you about to say? Thank you. I really, really thank you for making me your first guest i remember talking about when you were going to launch this and i feel like the first time i heard your voice i'm like do you have a podcast yet why why don't you have one why and then you found that post from like five years five ago years ago so like, funny hey. story you know facebook has this thing where you can see your memories where you've posted from some time ago and one of my memories came up from five years ago and it said, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. So I just don't know the space. Can someone help me? And in true Facebook fashion, nobody helped me. But here we are. <laughs> but it's so cool to look back and see it is. that you did something that was on your bucket list. It is. Know? And let me say, and let me preface it. that because. I believe that a lot of times the greatest gift that you can be given is no help because (laughs) you are not reliant on someone else. You have to learn, you have to dig, you have have to become a student. And when you do those things on your own, you, you, you have the most powerful tool that no one can take from you, which is knowledge. So today I got my wife in the studio and we're going to talk about relationships you know yeah people have heard me mention my relationship and some of our funny stories and how we sort of get down and i think it's imperative to um, bring you on to first set the tone so people know that i'm not lying right i'm I'm real yeah (laughs) that you are actually here you exist and um yeah so we're going to talk about some relationship things first and foremost i can be very honest and say that when we got together something just shifted in my life um i've heard a lot of successful people talk about how when you find the right person things just sort of fall into place um has that been true for you what's your thoughts on that yeah absolutely we we talk about this all the time Mm -hmm. um i think the biggest thing that that changed for both of us was just we kind of like felt so safe yes to really just unfold who we truly are 
Emotional safety is a thing. Oh my god. Emotional safety, mental safety, spiritual safety, physical safety. Talk about it. You you will beat somebody up. You'll break somebody in half for me. In multiple pieces. <laughs> literally. I'm, but, a, I'm a big guy. But it is. I think that was my first feeling. You know, when we first, when you hugged me for the first time. Yeah. The first, I was just like, it's just so safe. Safe. So, this is it. This is home. And funny how um, Zach. So, you know, our nephew, when we were dating and I went to visit the family and and we pulled up to I forget what convenience store we were at. And I had to run inside and you asked him. Yeah, he was. We had all the nephews in the car. Yeah. And my niece, I think, was in there, too. Yep. And I he he asked me because you left the car and he said, hey, TT, are you going to marry Will? And I looked at him, and I knew the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I knew the answer when we met. But I looked at him, and I said, I don't know. Do you think I should? And he quickly said, yeah, he's safe. That's huge. That, I would have walked down the aisle, like, right as soon as you got back in the car. Like, yeah. Let's go to court right now. We should have got married in the parking lot. <laughs> what were we thinking? <laughs> I mean, we did kind of elope, but yeah. we'll tell that story later. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think that's a huge thing when you're with somebody who, you know, we've been with people before and we know what's not safe. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I always say contrast brings clarity. I love it. And it it was such a big contrast to anything I've ever felt. And just, I knew when I met you, it was was a wrap. Yeah. And I don't know who pursued who. I think we pursued each other at the same time. Yeah, it was pretty mutual. (laughs) It It was was not really a a cat and mouse game at yeah, all yeah because i think when when you're hungry for what you've really been looking for your entire life when you come into contact with it it's like oh wow this is what i've been waiting on you know but at the same time <laughs> it say. took some some work to yeah. actually get to that place because for me coming out of situations where i did not feel safe and where i have experienced certain things in my past i came in with walls up and it almost had a feel of a too good to be true you know so coming in i was sort of set in my ways in the beginning even in terms of allowing you to help me i told the story about Mm -hmm. how i dropped the food that night where we were so hungry (laughs) we were hungry the food was so good and if you haven't heard the story so we came from a date (laughs) and there were several bags in the car and this was very early on in our dating and i am a alpha male and the truest sense of the word. So I grabbed all the bags because I'm not going to take two trips. I'm going to get it. I got it. Let's go. But the funny thing is, a lot of times I could benefit from some assistance. (laughs) And I grabbed all the bags and she said, let me help you. And I said, no, it's okay. I got it. And she said, no, no, no. Let me help you. I said, I got it. Don't worry about it. Let's go. And I saw it slipping too. I was like, oh. I did not boy. feel it slipping at all. And and you were so proud to just do all the things, but I was like so used to doing a lot of things by myself too. You yeah. know, I was a single woman and very alpha female as well. Absolutely. So I'm like, I grab and go and don't even think about it. And so, so to let you help me was also a struggle. But then watching <laughs> watching it unfold so i grab all the bags and we take maybe three steps and i drop the food in the parking lot rice flew everywhere (laughs) and she turned to me and said something that literally shifted my entire perspective she told me let me be your teammate and yes can we fast forward too because that moment was the life-changing moment for you Right, but we're going to get to that one. We're oh gonna get to my that gosh. One. So she told me that. She said, let me be your teammate. <laughs> and something shifted in me because I'm used to taking care of everything. Yeah. I'm used to always carrying all of the bags, both physically and mentally and emotionally yeah. and spiritually and doing the heavy lifting. And, and I got it. And I didn't realize that in that moment that I didn't have it. And most times you get in situations where people 
naturally have the ability to allow people to do things for them, right? We are selfish by nature. You don't have to teach a baby mine. You know, you don't have to teach a baby to, you know, do certain things. And one of those things is we can easily become possessive and life sort of goes on and we develop this independence. And in that moment, when you said that to me, it shifted something in me because I don't know if I had ever been in a space where somebody fought me for me to allow them to help me. Mm-hmm. And it was huge for me. What's crazy is that felt so little to me because I remember saying that so quickly. Yeah. And in that moment, I was like, oh, that's, you know, I just like we laughed about it Mm -hmm. and we kept it moving. But then when you expressed that that was a big moment for you, I thought back to like, wow, that could have any other situations. I probably would have watched another couple maybe fight over that or or even somebody say see i told you i should have helped you like i'm trying to help you you're not listening to me and then they take offense though that's huge it's because how you handle the moments where something is dropped is vital in your relationship where it's anything it's a responsibility or it's a bag or it's an expectation how do you get to the place where you handle dropped moments effectively what do you think are some things that we do in those spaces i think from the beginning we both we were so good we've been so good at communicating from the beginning and we've had to really just break down the walls by communication. And you, I, let me jump in because you were a little better than me <laughs> at this communicating thing. I was. I was. I was, because <laughs> uh, I'm not going to paint for you guys the picture that, you know, I've been perfect in our relationship. <laughs> Coming in, I was very much independent and in every sense of the word. So I was used to moving and just moving. Yeah. And having to get back into the habit of communicating the small details, you know, it became a situation where I had to quickly, and I'm a quick study, so I had to jump in and had to be intentional about that because I was so used to, and at the time I was traveling a lot Mm -hmm. and I was just on the go. And it's so easy to just be on the go and just not have to say, hey, communicating things proactively, like before things are happening. Mm -hmm. I had to get to that place of, okay, let me stop and be intentional about saying, hey, I'm even thinking about doing this before (laughs) the plans are already solidified Mm -hmm. because... I went from, so the gradual progress was, I would tell you after the fact, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then we moved to, I would tell you after it was booked and then now sort of being in a space telling you proactively before I'm trying, you You know, I'm trying. You're doing good, baby. You really are. I think in the beginning, I mean, you did, you just, you did, you were doing so much too. I feel like the work-life balance was not a thing for you. You were just like work 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 but here's the thing you and i are so much alike and i was too yeah i was very i I was immersed in work and just a workaholic and that was my my happy place yeah you you love to travel you loved what you were doing and i loved what i was doing so and and we were single so we're like hey let's let's live the life and but i do think when you come together and when we came together, you know, two alphas who are very, very independent, I think the biggest thing, what was your question again? Just how do you handle dropped moments? Yeah. yeah. I, I think. Cause the, that's huge for alphas. Yeah. Because it takes it's someone. Grace. It's just grace. Yeah. I had to really just learn how to truly penetrate your heart and communicate with you Yeah. to where it would cause you to want to communicate. Because for me, I could tell you all day, I need this, I need this, I need this. Or I, I want to know this about your life. Or I will tell you every detail. I'll tell you down to what the person was wearing, down to what they smelled like, down to what the weather was outside. Yeah, I will give you so many details. And I probably got that from my mom. Yeah, <laughs> But at the same time, though, even though that's just how I am, doesn't mean that that's how you are and how you're going to communicate with me. So I had to also realize, okay, my expectations, like, is this a deal breaker? Is this like, it was, is how he's moving a deal breaker or how can we improve? But I think 
going back to how to make how we handle things when they're dropped we truly both made it a mission to number one get to know each other like every part of each other yeah and then also to grow together and evolve together yeah and i think that constant temperature check and understanding where we're at really helps yeah, because when you get into a space where you are in that zone where you're trying to figure out what is the best option or possibility or how we can grow as a unit, because people oftentimes grow separate from each other and try to bring their growing process and merge them. But there's a difference in growing separate from each other and trying to merge a growing process and actually growing together mm -hmm. and getting in that space of and keeping the other person's feelings as priority. Mm -hmm. I think that was the biggest thing that sort of got me to the place where I said, okay, no, this is actually safe, safe to where I could actually communicate the things that I normally would say, well, I don't need to necessarily share that. It's a small detail. It's understanding that you always had my best interest in mind and I always had your best interest mm -hmm. in mind because in a lot of people's situations, it's very one-sided where I'm always thinking about you and you're always thinking about you which then creates a space for bitterness to start to take root and resentment. And you start looking at that person side eye. But when you get to the place, when you finally have two people who, if I'm always thinking about you and you're always thinking about me, then our relationship is constantly flourishing because I'm coming in from a selfless perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, so what, what were some of the things in your opinion that showed that I was more focused on you and having a selfless mentality that sort of showed different things for you that made you feel more safe to say, okay, I can stop worrying about myself mm -hmm. because he is worried about me. Ooh, that's a good question. I think watching, well, first of all, I needed to express what I needed and yes. I needed to know me to know what I needed. Because I could tell you, I mean, I, I was very appreciative of all of the flowers and the gifts and the romantic dates because we're, we're both very romantic. Yeah, but you said something so key. You said I had to know me to be able to communicate me. Yes. OK, go ahead. Go ahead. That was so yeah, good. That was that was key. Um, Before we even got into before I was even open to dating. I had taken a lot of time to heal and work on myself and really reflect and look back over my life and my history and what worked and what didn't work, what I needed, what I should have had, what I thought I had, which wasn't real and what all of it. Like yeah. I just really dissected it and went through so many, oh my gosh, so many mountaintops and valleys of just the healing process. Absolutely. And it was so good. And I'm still, it's still going on. I mean, healing is, is forever, I think. But I think the more I understood what a healthy relationship was and what healthy communication was and what I needed to do on my part and what I wanted from my partner, I was able to just try to have those conversations. And we had a lot of sit down conversations, mm -hmm. but what really did it for me was we listened. Mm. And some people will, hear you and say oh yeah I can and they do something for like a little bit but they really don't come through their actions don't stick it doesn't really they're just doing it just to shut you up or make you happy for a mm. quick second but I was like no I, I need this I want to be so tight with you I want to understand you and I think when you understood that that was my heart speaking and not just like a woman wanting to control or trying to nag or anything like that it was more so oh wait she really wants to just like click with me like, yeah. we're just gonna rock together like tight yeah she just wants to be close to me so she can understand me i think that that's, was huge for me. your walls came down and i saw you do so much more to to really change and and be and we're saying all this like you were like this horrible like you had these horrible habits but it was more so just de-walling yeah stuff that you were doing to protect your heart and 
And it, we just had natural habits of being single. Yeah. <laughs> we were single for some years. And just, and when you are an alpha, like you move very independently. So while it wasn't this situation where everything came in and there was no work to be done, which I'm actually grateful for because when you're digging up ground to lay foundation, you see what's underneath. And a lot of my life had been traveled through from a state of avoidance mm-hmm. because I really didn't have time to focus on the stuff that I needed to, or I wasn't in a safe emotional place to be able to go down that rabbit hole of emotion. So getting into the space where you're finally safe, you come face to face with the things that you had been running from for years, you know, um, I think I told the story on here how, you know, my grandmother died and I had to do a conference that night. You know, I had been just in this constant cycle of go, go, go. And being in this state where I finally had the comfort and the safety to say, OK, let's pull the rug up. Uh, back and let's mm-hmm. see what's behind the curtain and and let's actually identify some of these things that I had been running from for so for so long. It's it's having that safety when you're there and there's a moment where you can feel that if I take this risk, I will fall back into a safe place mm-hmm. because I think a lot of people don't take the risk is because if I jump out of this plane I don't have a parachute and I would much rather stay on a perfectly (laughs) fine working plane versus taking the risk of jumping out and not knowing where I'll end up. So having that emotional safety was so huge for me, so huge for me. So um, I'm grateful for the things that we've sort of worked through in that space. Yeah. And I I guess maybe for other people listening, how would you encourage somebody to be that emotional safety for somebody? Like, I don't really know how I was like that for you. I don't know from your perspective. I don't really know. I was just in a space of, of growth and wanting to just be, I mean, it was, we, we both decided quickly. It, it was an explosive connection when we met. And so we both decided like, shut the world down we're going to make this work. I don't care. And I don't care what anybody says. This is happening. Yeah. You're my person. We both like instantly at the, on the same level yeah. from zero to a hundred. And I think for me, the, the way that you created emotional safety is you were willing to do the work and take accountability. Mm-hmm. I think, when you meet somebody who is always trying to be a better version of themselves and you start looking in the mirror and you start applying going back to some of the things that you said about active listening you listen to the cries of my heart and you were willing to do the work and not necessarily to do it to appease me but because you wanted to be a better version of yourself for you and for me and that creates a place where I think there's just a little safety there and it's like okay I'm not the only one that's going to be willing to challenge themselves to be better and to give everything that they have when I saw that and saw how intentional you were with your investment in your time and your communication and having your undivided attention and being strategic about the things that you were doing and saying like I'm an effort based individual. So seeing all of the effort and seeing consistent effort and not just fluff stuff, but you were willing to go deep and to uncover some things and be vulnerable with me. All of these things created safety for me because you were willing to meet me and to go deep with me and to build with me you know and so I think that's so key to be in a space where 
you can identify somebody who can say, okay, no, this is where I am. This is where I need to develop and I'm willing to do whatever's necessary for us to grow effectively, you know? And I think we were both at a state where we knew what we didn't want and we knew that we were willing to do whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to make sure that this is exactly what we want. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's keys when you get to that place where you're like, you know what? Okay. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to maintain or to develop or to grow this relationship to be what I know it can be. It's, it's so many things like because it's then having a level of what I like to call future focus yeah. is being able to see the possibility and know that there is so much growth and so much love to be had and so much purpose and destiny. And we were purpose and destiny driven people. So it really was like a perfect storm of sorts. But I think that we were ready. And we were ready to do the work. And we're both visionaries. Absolutely. So, like, we didn't get stuck in where we were. Yeah. We knew we had walls up. And we knew we were, like, going to need to do some work to get them down. Yeah. And we walked in. This could be so good. It's going to be be so so good. good. And now every day we're like, we got a good life. Yeah. This is Literally. Even in the craziest. Craziest time. Still, still. I don't know about you. Everything's we got a good okay, life. Yeah. Just like, I know who I'm coming home to. Absolutely. But I think on that point, too, I think it's so uncommon in our generation. And maybe I'm speaking for too many people, but it does seem like it that people don't want to work. Like, it's so, people are so disposable these days. Yeah. To where it's like, you don't even, I mean, I mean you don't even give the effort. You don't even, there's no effort in relationships anymore. It's like, absolutely. You can just move to the next, onto the next, onto, and it's like, you will just get exhausted at some yeah. point. Yeah. And it's those people who can quickly dispose of others. And there's other people who are so hurt to the point that they don't have the capacity to work. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like you said earlier, is taking the intentional time to heal oh my gosh, because we so keep good. taking broken pieces so into relationships mm-hmm. and our broken pieces are breaking people, which mm-hmm. leads us to broken relationships. And we continue to throw this towel at you. <laughs> <laughs> we continue this cycle of brokenness because we just aren't in the state to say, okay, I'm hurting. And we would rather tuck pain yeah then face pain and then if i'm tucking it and then here's the thing is that when you're not healed we bring that pain into the next situation and we make the next person pay for that pain or you attract people who are already like that too so then you're just wow then it's just toxic it's toxic because you're meeting someone on that level yes you're you're joining like attracts like yeah i think that's so tough I so see that a lot. I see hurt. a lot of people reach out to me and they're just like, how did you get there? Cause they know what I've gone through. Yeah. And they're like, how did, how did you, how are you here? Like what? It, I said, girl, like, please, whatever you do, like, don't focus on the next thing. Focus on now and focus on you. Yeah. Because that's going to come. I wasn't looking for you. Yeah. I wasn't Likewise. trying to be married again. I yeah. never wanted to be married again. And all of a sudden, after I went through that process, my heart was softened and God was like, okay, maybe I, the thought of dating was like, not as like disgusting to me anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but I was not even, I just opened, I opened my, my heart again. And then a couple months later we met and, but it took, I took a very strong, like two years to, to really, and the timeline is different for everybody. Yeah. You know? God, like, like, Find find what's right for you. Absolutely. As far as like the timeline, what when you feel ready, don't feel like there's a biological ticking time bomb out there that's just gonna go off because there's nobody out there for you and they're all gonna be swooped up and taken up. I mean, I I just put blinders on. Yeah. And I said, I need to work on me. 
And that's so true because it's, but we're living in this microwavable generation to where it's, I want everything right now. I want it now. And I'm willing to settle for a fraction of what I want just to say that I have it. And we keep having these fractured experiences and it's, it's so key to be able to say, okay, I'm going to take the time, like you said, to focus on now focus on me heal to the point that I'm open to attract a healthy counterpart because whatever, because I think what you, what you're highlighting here is that a lot of people are open, but they're open in a broken state. So you're open to more brokenness and you can't even see the brokenness and the toxicity because you yourself are swarmed in it. And it's not until we heal and then we shift those lenses and say, wow, what was I doing? It's like eventually it will come to the surface. I knew through my process of healing that if I didn't dig all this stuff out and really work through it all and and release the stuff. Yeah that I was going to carry it into whoever I was going to be with. Absolutely. And I did not want that for my future. Yeah. But some people just tuck it, like you said, and they, and they don't realize that they're carrying it or it's stuck back, you know, so far deep that it's just forgotten about. But the body's the body keeps score. That's a yes. good book. That's a great uh, book. That's a whole nother, whole nother podcast. Yeah. We think that we run from things. It it's it resurfaces. Yeah. Yeah. And it comes up at, at random times. Like my wisdom tooth. <laughs> <laughs> at random times where it just pops up and you just feel a sharp pain. So it's so crazy. Yeah. But and, there's there's also so much um I think that comes with that, not just to be healed so you can be with somebody, mm-hmm. but to be healed so you can live like a full life. Yeah. And like really enjoy your life. And not be stuck in this space of just a cycle. Yeah. Because when you're healing for yourself, I think that's when you get to the place where you, you are healing completely. It's it's partial or it's diluted healing when you're healing for someone else. Is because then my progress and how deep I go will always be tied to the person that I'm with. Mm-hmm. And then if I'm not healing solely for me to be a better version of me, then if you leave, then there goes my healing. Or if there's a bump in the relationship, then it's a setback. Mm-hmm. And, and taking moments to isolate for a moment to heal effectively to the point that you can know yourself, communicate your desires, and be open to a healthy form. And I think you, you can really understand if you're in a place where you've healed, when you get to the place where you can clearly identify the unhealthy situations that you were in, where you can say, okay, now I can see some of the errors that I made and some of the mistakes that I made that led me to this point. When you start healing, that's when you can start really look at yourself in a different way and say, okay, I get it now. And the triggers aren't as crazy. You know, so many people get so easily triggered. It's like. That's, that's so, it can, can, can I be very honest with you all that are listening? If you have triggers, that means you have not healed. A trigger is an open wound. If you have got to a place where something still sets you off, it is an identifier that there still needs to be some healing in that area. If if you get set off by the smallest thing or there's a recurring area in your life and we we identify it as triggers and that's a way of justifying it well i'm just triggered no no i'm not healed Mm -hmm. and that is an area or sore spot that i need to work on because if you can trigger it that means it's still open it's still readily available and a lot of times we get triggered by things that have nothing to do with the root of what's happened 
it's things that resemble it. And that's why healing is so important and getting to the point where somebody can help you heal. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm trying to heal myself and I'm trying to fix myself, then if I'm always in a state where I don't have help or assistance, I may not be able to identify the fact that I am overlooking a major root or major area in my life that needs to be addressed. So, you know, triggers are, are open wounds. And I think that having those areas where we could communicate those to say, you know, and that we, we did that early on and say, Hey, if there's something that comes up, you know, if we have, and, 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 and that's sort of where I want to go. I want to talk about hot buttons and I want to talk about a little bit of pet peeves. And I want to talk about some things because I think every relationship is as strong as its systems, mm-hmm. its infrastructure, it's, it's relational code that this is what we do early on when we were dating when there were times where we felt that we were triggered, that was a thing that we would say to one another, say, Hey, I'm feeling triggered. And pineapple (laughs) pineapple was, that was our pineapple moment. And that was the opportunity to put the onus on the other person to say, okay, if you say that, then I have to shift my perspective because yeah, to be in your shoes and to support you in that moment. Even if I may be angry or even if we may not be seeing eye to eye, which we, we we really didn't do too often. But if you got to the place where you said, I am feeling triggered, that was a key word to say, OK, let's talk about this. Let's stop. Yeah. Let me put whatever I'm thinking and feeling on a back burner because there is something that's triggering you that may resemble something that you've experienced in the past that may resemble something that is deeper than this issue. And it's a five alarm fire at that moment. Let's stop, let's focus and let's really tackle this issue from a different perspective. Because I think a lot of times people can just be trying to fix the issue or to get their point across And we miss the fact that the other person may be crying out from a different place. Mm -hmm. So I think having key words, Mm -hmm. key words, key phrases to say, hey, if I say this or if one of us says this, this is our plan. You were so good with that for me, especially in the beginning um, when I, I was first going through a lot of trigger. I feel like I had so many triggers like every week you were. You were kind of like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we but were you, we were doing the the deep digging. Yeah, yeah, I had a I had some remnants of maybe a little bit of PTSD and trauma. Yeah, you know, and drama, trauma and drama. <laughs> and you were so gentle with me in that, and that really built so much trust and security in our relationship. That that brought that safety. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I I was so proud of myself for verbalizing that absolutely but i was scared to verbalize that because in other situations in my past if i was to verbalize feelings like any kind of trigger or any kind of issue or thought or concern it was always like a big explosion or mm-hmm. backfiring on me so you know i never knew how to properly verbalize that because yeah. i just stopped and so for you you literally just you handled me with so much grace. And <laughs> I remember moments where I was like, oh, my God, I love him so much. Because you would just be so understanding, mm. even if it was so stupid and tiny. And I'm telling you, like, oh, my gosh, I'm having my heart's racing. I'm having some kind of panic attack right now. Like, you just, yeah. you And, and if there was anything that you did subconsciously, that you didn't even know that you did, that was a trigger for me. It was a quick fix. Yeah. It's never like you never made me feel funny for having that. Yeah. And I I had to I have to applaud you just because when you get into a situation where you've expressed your vulnerability time and time again and it goes unaddressed or it's 
used against you or there is a negative reaction, it is very easy to get to a place where I'm just never going to express my feelings again, mm. where I have learned I have hit this wall too many times <laughs> and down. I am not going to do it again. So being in a space where you were able to say, no, I believe in it enough to try again, mm. I think created a space where there was opportunity for you to see the level of understanding and grace because I think sometimes we want to see those things without being vulnerable enough to place ourselves in a type of situation again. Mm -hmm. And I think people want to experience the grace and understanding and people want to experience the, the spaces where they feel safe and where they feel loved and where they feel understood, but they aren't willing to make that risk or to take that risk again to say in order for me to experience this grace I need to put myself in a vulnerable state Mm -hmm. and I think that's a key to understand if you are healed or you are in a state of where you have healed to the point where you're open is if you can be vulnerable yeah if I can express the depths of who I am and what I'm dealing with and what I'm feeling then I'm in a state where I'm at least accessible Mm -hmm. and healed people are emotionally accessible. People who are not healed are guarded Mm -hmm. and they are walled and insulated in their hurt. So just being accessible in that, in that state. So I think that that's so rich and so great to understand of the things that you want are a lot of times on the other end of your vulnerability. And if you can't be vulnerable, then maybe I haven't healed. If if Absolutely. if if I'm still triggered to the point to where I can't be open, mm. then maybe I just need to spend some more time on myself. Yeah. So um so good, so good. So so let's let's jump into some more fun type <laughs> aspects of in our relationship. So we like to have fun. We're laughing all the time. We are the couple who will jump into random voices (laughs) and just create characters on the fly. All of us in our household, me, Steph and Ace, we can have a dance party anywhere. If you see us out at a department store or the parking lot of a Kroger, we could be dancing and we, we, we love life. We love life. And there are certain things that we like to do to create spaces where we're constantly having fun. What, what do you think are some of those things that are your highlight spaces that we always do? to create a space for fun because people don't have fun anymore. That's true. So what, 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 are, what are some of the things that we do that oh you gosh. enjoy? Every day. I just never, what I love is like, we're both, first of all, we're both entrepreneurs. That's fun in itself. Yes. Because we it's get an to adventure. Create, it's an adventure. <laughs> it, we get to create our world. And yes. so I never know what next week's going to look like. I, it's funny how, we just instantly got there. I don't even know when we discovered we had these other voices. Yeah. That's been a thing that has been so funny. <laughs> like to the point where I have had headaches from laughing so yes. hard. Listen, if you're listening to this <laughs> and you have somebody, a significant other, just try it. One night, just talk <laughs> in another voice, a character. Just oh, just God. switch it up. Just find a character. <laughs> I don't care what kind of dialect that they have. Just create it and just see where it takes you. It is one of the greatest we things. Turn everything into the character. Everything like, into a things. character. But yeah, I think what was your question? <laughs> what are some of the things that are <laughs> that we do that are fun? That, that fun? yeah, everything. Okay, so, give somebody some advice. Okay. Like if they say, "What do you guys do for fun?" Like, how do you keep the okay. spice? Ooh. Well, that's kind of two different that's questions. That's kind of two different questions. Okay, let's deal with fun first. That's let's do fun. Podcast. Yeah. Okay, the fun Spicy. that we have. <laughs> Babe, you're making me blush. <laughs> the fun that we have, I think, genuinely, we 
that's one of the things I fell in love with about mm-hmm. you is like trying new things. Match, yeah, but we match energy. Like we like to love. We like life. Like yeah. we make the most out of our time, and it's not. I don't know. It, some people out there just go to work, go home, they eat, they go to bed, go to the gym. Like it's just so bleh. Yeah, we like. I just like that we can be spontaneous. Yes. I think that's really fun. Yeah. We can be super spontaneous and we, we flow. Like we, if you're like, Hey babe, I, I really, I'm thinking about doing this and it could be the craziest thing. Yeah. We're open. We are yeah. open because just recently we recently were decorating um, the, the suites <laughs> for this event and my wife is a visionary extraordinaire and she will see something and create something magnificent. And she wanted to create or recreate this uh, backdrop that was synonymous with the Bellagio Gardens. And she had this idea and <laughs> Um, I have officially named the show um, uh, Baby I Got an Idea. We need a whole show for that. Literally, that's a show. Um, I have the name trademark, so don't try to steal it. So, Baby I Got an Idea. This was the latest episode. Because whenever she comes and says, Baby, I got an idea. I know we're in for an adventure. So, you just give me that look, man. I'm like, Uh uh, uh, Okay. Okay. So here's the thing, fellas, if you're in the place where whatever your wife is asking you to do, it's making you uncomfortable, but you don't want to say no, just go falsetto, right? Just go high. Uh, Okay, 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 sure, yeah. So, um, (laughs) because it'll give you opportunity to just grow and figure it out. Like, because what I had to learn is I may not see, (laughs) I may not see it in the beginning, but when she's done, you look at it and say, wow, that was amazing. I literally told my husband, I said, baby, can you come out out into the backyard real quick with me and see that huge 15 foot branch from that tree that fell down literally 15 (laughs) feet can you go stomp on it can you you just break that that entire branch off and (laughs) and we're gonna put it in a car and stick it through the sunroof (laughs) and we're gonna transport it down the street sticking straight up no the first thing was i just put it we put it on our porch yeah and you were like what is this 15 foot branch later i'm like uh you know that big branch outside (laughs) We need to take this down to the academy, and I need you to help me put this together. It's going to be beautiful. Let me tell you, I even drew a Uh, whole entire, I drew a whole entire diagram. That was me. Uh, uh. And I'm showing him all the details. This is what it's going to be. This is where we're going to put it. Look, I just bought these flowers to put onto it. He was like, okay. Uh, uh, okay. We drove okay. down the street. Stuck this 15 foot, foot branch. <laughs> we almost in knocked the over sunroof. like three electrical wires. We almost wires. clipped some electrical wires. It was. Two police, two, two police cars were almost started following us. We One thought we were the, going to jail. <laughs> for a tree branch. <laughs> for a tree branch. But I mean, that, I wouldn't say that was like the most fun because it was just like. No, what I'm saying is like being open. So, Yes. Yeah, and spontaneous. And the things you have me do, I mean, like. So the moral to that, do. yeah, the moral to that is being open to the things that you don't understand. Yeah. Because we get so comfortable in our wheelhouse yeah. to where, okay, that doesn't make sense. I'm just gonna say no. Just get out the box. Just get out the box and grab a branch. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you gotta do. Just get out the box and grab a branch. <laughs> So there's been so many things. I'm like, babe, come on, come on. Babe, and I got an idea. I'm a and the crazy thing is I'm such a rule follower. Like I if there's a sign that says you can't do this, you're a rule breaker. Yeah. You want to just see, like, okay, am I really gonna get in trouble? Yeah, let's yeah, let's check it out. So here's one of the things, right? If there's a piano anywhere, mm-hmm. I have to play it. Like, and I'm fine with that because I play piano too. Right. I love, I love music. But see, the <laughs> difference is 
I sit down at the pianos that say do not touch. And he plays them with and all I of his play power. Them and it is epic. And the whole place shuts down. So so the signs there, I think I think certain signs are more of suggestions, right? Like they put those signs up for people who don't know how to play. But then when you sit down and play without fail, people are like, oh, wow, keep going, right? Because I kind of know what I'm doing a little bit. So <laughs> I think there are certain things that are suggestions and maybe, but anyway, that's but that one podcast. night turned into such a fun. I need to find that video. Oh, absolutely. And one night we went to this beautiful restaurant, rooftop, rooftop restaurant, and he found the piano. And of course he jumps on it and I'm like cringing, hiding. And we're now in like this lounge area and I'm like, Oh my God, we're going to, she's like, baby, trouble. baby, come on, come on. I'm it's like, not ah, like he's a no, little okay. guy and people can be like, Oh, it's just playing itself. Yeah. <laughs> he, he makes, he makes it at an event. And then all of a sudden the entire place goes quiet. Place goes quiet. And changes there. the whole vibe. Manager comes over, offers him a job <laughs> to come play <laughs> every week, which we should have taken that. That would have been so fun. We could get free food and drinks. We go there anyways. Anyway, we'll do that again. We'll yeah, go back. I guess we can go back. Um, <laughs> and then, and then that guy. Then you pulled me up, and we played together. Yes. And there was a random stranger, who at first I thought was kind of interesting. He just was like staring at us and sitting by himself. And then he, we had at the no end, idea. At the end of our impromptu concert, he walks up and hands us a picture that he drew of both of us on the piano. It was. That was a moment. And it was I a beautiful the, picture, too. I think the most fun we like going back to your question, I think the most fun we have is when it is spontaneous. Like yeah. That. When we're just super random, when we take random road trips. Yes. I freaking love random road Let's trips. Let's just get in a car and drive. So fun. Yes. The one time when we went to the mountains, like we just turn off and become big kids. Yes. And that's, I think that inner child, like, be a kid, becomes like so free and so fun. So if you're taking notes, get out the box, <laughs> be a kid, grab a branch, <laughs> be a kid, change your voice, <laughs> <laughs> create some characters, do some music, just think... do something that challenges your fun zone because yeah. when you're in that space, I think that you find out how much of a friend you have mm-hmm. because. You have the most fun in life with your friends. Yeah. And when your love can be your friend, best your friend. best friend, best, best, friend. You're, you're my best friend. My you're my best. Listen here. <laughs> Listen, I don't know about you, but you're my best friend. <laughs> Thank you for we being gonna, a friend. <laughs> We're going to have a good life. <laughs> We're going to have a good life. But here's the thing. I think, too, another <clears throat> part to that is you have done things you've never done before. Absolutely. I have done things I've never done before. Yeah. And that keeps it spicy. Absolutely. But at the same time, we're very um I think I think being challenging each other. Mm-hmm. And and even when I give you pushback a little bit, <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm okay. And you're like, come on. Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. What was the one thing that come on. you were like, I've never done this in my life. So many things. I don't yeah. even remember. There are a lot like of things. My, you were like, this is my first time. We did it with Ace. So um, many things. It's pumpkin patch. It's it's a <laughs> lot of things that we, so many things they that we, I've never done. They don't have pumpkin patches from where you're from, though, do they? No, I don't think so. If they do, it's not like up here. No. This was a pumpkin patch extravaganza. <laughs> You were feeding horses. <laughs> you were riding tricycles. <laughs> now imagine me, six foot oh five. The things you do for your kids, I'm telling you. you. You ride tricycles that are made for little people. But hey, when he says, Daddy, can you ride with me? You made a sandcastle. Made a sandcastle. First time. Like an actual thing. We had tools. We had a lot of firsts. Yeah, we did a lot of firsts. So. I, uh, you taught me how to eat crab legs. Oh yes, taught you how to eat crab legs. You know we cracked them open. Too? And what? The other piece of advice: mm-hmm. we are teachable. Teachable. We like to learn new things. That's so good. That's a that, and not just in business, a lot in business. Yeah. But 
being teachable that's huge when you can be in a space where you're always a lifelong learner because if i come into it and i think i know everything there's an arrogant flair that i give off and it makes me the person that not the fun guy not the fun guy but when but also like some people are just like stuck in their ways like i'm good yeah i I don't need to try that yeah let me watch you do it absolutely you just dive in and do it even if you if it would never work, you do it. We're going to try it. We're going we to try it. We should make an episode. We should totally make on this episode of... Babe, I got an idea. That needs to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. We're going to do it. I have so many more ideas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think sometimes she stays up at night and she journals <laughs> random ideas. So we're coming to the end of this podcast. This has been great. This is not definitely not the last time you are the best guests if ever. Absolutely. <laughs> but let's leave the people with something um, that lets them know that we're human. And while we have this amazing love, this, this u- unicorn of sorts where it's still attainable for people there are some things that make us unique. So let's talk. Let's talk a little bit. We're going to end on this note about some pet peeves, oh some things that we have to make sure that we're always <laughs> exercising the grace that you talked about. So let's Don't talk about like some that. of those things in terms of grace. Like what are, what are some of the things that I do that if you had a magic wand, you would change And I wouldn't do those things. You know what I'm going to say. Let's go for it. Let's do one, two, three. Slurp noodles. noodles. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, let's let's level set. No, let me say my piece because you asked me my question. Go ahead, go ahead. Do your thing. Do your thing. Go ahead. I'm pulling the microphone real close to this one. I tried to prove my point so hard. So hard. That you should never. First of all, okay, my pet peeve is people who shoot people, not just my husband, people all over the world. If you're listening, <laughs> stop chewing with your mouth open. Like just table manners. Table manners is sure. like a pet peeve for me. Mm-hmm. So people who just like smack or talk with food in their mouths mm-hmm. or just are loud eaters. Like if you slurp, I just. Ooh, that is a thing for me. I never knew I had that in me. Yeah. It opens up this like Stefania rage <laughs> inside of me that makes me like cringe. So, so God God would give me this amazing husband and this beautiful little boy who both love noodles and pasta. Yes. And I love to cook and they loved my noodles. And one night we were eating spaghetti. Was it spaghetti or ramen? We had something. Yeah, it was ramen. And these two boys, you could hear them outside. It was an orchestra. The mu- the music coming from their mouth. It was so great. It was so disturbing. It was so great. Oh, I couldn't even enjoy my meal. <laughs> that was rough. So, so then I tried to prove my point, yep. and I'm trying to pull up, you know, She videos. stops the entire <laughs> dinner. She says, We sit at dinner every listen. You all have to stop doing this. This is not how you eat noodles. And I start to go back and forth to say, there's no other way. <laughs> I'm She's them how saying, to twirl you have to twirl noodle. it with your spoon. I'm like, I get the whole spaghetti. <laughs> I understand that. But this is ramen. This Ugh. is babes uh, based in a broth. Okay, there's all of these things. So we're going back and forth. And she's, you, you, you can eat them without slurping. And I said, I actually yeah, cannot. You just don't take a a handful of noodles you just get less on your fork so she obviously has never eaten Uh, noodles before because you can't eat just a little bit they're like Lay's potato chips like you can't just have just one (laughs) right so she stops the entire meal (laughs) and she walks into the living living room and she turns on the TV because she is going ready. to find the etiquette videos <laughs> I was ready that to show class. that you cannot eat ramen this way. 
And every single video. Every video she found. <laughs> <laughs> the people who were slurping. The people who created ramen were saying this is the way that you eat it. And I, I felt so vindicated. I, I felt so vindicated. It was humbling. But I, I I have taken a mental note and I am going to work on it. <laughs> he doesn't do anything light. I mean, your steps are strong. You're, yeah. You lift the heaviest weights in the world. Like You could bench press five of me <laughs> and you just your voice is big and everything that you're you're eating so, is so you're loud. You say slurp big. Yeah. Okay. This is it's loud. You're, you're a big slurper. <laughs> but that's a puppy. Yeah. It's okay. not the end of the world. I still love I'm you like it. crazy. But I'm working on it. I just never eat noodles with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's What fun. else? Anything else? Um. Can you think of anything on top of your head? A pet so, peeve I have with you. Yeah. That you that you would prefer me to change. Um. While you're thinking, I'll give you one. Oh, okay. Is <laughs> <laughs> putting my things back <laughs> where they belong. <laughs> Wait, this is your pet peeve to me? Yes. <laughs> that if no. we could change it, it if we could, oh, if we could no. change, okay, because, you know, my wife loves to <laughs> wear like large hoodies, you know, and there's some of my like dress shirts that she looks <laughs> really cute in. Yours. Yeah, that she looks really cute in. I love wearing your clothes. She wears like my dress shirt with like some nice, you know, shorts or you know. That was my summer vibe. That was your summer vibe. But Even like, like winter, my shades. I want all your sweats. Yeah, all and, the sweatsuits. Yeah, so she, I have no problem sleep in your big with you taking anything. It's mine. But We're you married. never put it back, though. That's that's the thing. Where you know you you know you know that's the thing. If I had to change something, to, okay. you can take it. You can take I it. I need labels. You need just to tell me sections. Put can... it back. Well, I don't. You know, like... I, I, you know I honestly, I don't think that that's necessary. Just wherever you got it from, Here's the you problem. can put it right back there. The way my brain works, <laughs> <laughs> as like a very right-brained artist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where I get them, I just find them and they end up on my body. And the problem I have is there's no like label. You know, when you go to a boutique or a store, like this is this, you see the labels on top of the racks, you see the So you're telling me that in order for me to get my items returned to the specific place, I need to label the closet? Well, (laughs) is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Maybe, but <laughs> wait a minute. But what do you mean if if I wear it, then I it's dirty, and then I put it in a dirty hamper. I can't put it back on the closet. Right, but if like you wear a hoodie, it's not dirty. I just wore it for like yeah. a couple hours, and you want me to put it back on? Yeah, in like in my space. But but even that. though, and then what happens is. You know, some of the things that, it, you know, if you wash it, then you somehow fold it up it goes in my drawer. and put it in your drawer. <laughs> I've lost. How did you find that? I've lost several shirts. <laughs> I've just given up on them. Hold on, folks. Hold on, folks. You lose your own stuff sometimes. <laughs> now, this is true. This is true. I do we lose spent, some of my stuff. One night he had a speaking gig and we both had a vision. We, I like to help. I love dressing you. I yeah. love picking out your clothes. You're like my life size, like. Kendall <laughs> and I'm I have this vision of what he's gonna wear I'm like mm-hmm. oh my god this is gonna look so good da, da, da. I find it nowhere nowhere I look through the whole house mm-hmm. this man had this shirt in the dry cleaners <laughs> and I thought that I lost it I literally thought that I lost it I spent hours looking for this thing yeah yeah so you know Hey, it's grace. It's grace. We're always learning and growing and developing together. So, baby, I thank you so much for joining me on this episode of When Life Happens. I'm so grateful to be able to do life with you. And until next time, ladies and gents, keep learning, keep loving, keep growing. Be open, get out of the box, grab a branch, create a character, be spontaneous, be a kid and have some fun. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the When Life Happens podcast. I hope that you found this episode both impactful and inspiring. Before you go, like and share the show, subscribe to it, leave us a comment, rate us and review us on all podcast platforms. Your engagement helps us reach more people and create a better show. But the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you're interested in more resources and tools of how to live a fulfilled life and step fully into your purpose or purchase your copy of the life-changing book, When Life Happens, head over to www.theofficialwilliamjackson.com for more information. Until next time, keep rising, keep thriving. And remember that no matter what life throws your way, you have everything inside of you you need to overcome and succeed when life happens.